Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, brought to you by Commerce Bank. We have no Matt Walters again. We moved the time to accommodate Matt's schedule, and he still was unable to attend. I don't think he likes us. Real diva behavior, I'd say. <laughs> that is. It's very diva. He's like, well, I mean, he's official. He, yeah. I'm Tim Fitzgerald. That's Ryan Black of the Manhattan Mercury. Kels Robinette, who's sitting across from me today as we switch up our seats and it's throwing me off. He's from the Wichita Eagle. And uh, not Matt Walters to my right is Riley Gates, as he was called in off the bench. It was kind of like uh, you were minding your own business in Omaha, and you got called up to the bigs. This is the bigs. But I've been sent down and then brought back up <laughs> yeah. again. So it's, You're running out of options. Like, I'm just – I'm a back-and-forth type player. I can't think of a good a good analogy for it I'm right impressed now, you think this is Kansas City. I would have <laughs> kind of thought this was Idaho Falls. <laughs> well, of all the podcasts we do throughout the week, this has either Kansas City or Omaha. The overtime podcast would be the uh, – I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know what the single days are, but I don't want to I, associate the Kansas City Royals. With how the about overtime. the Kansas City T Bones? The overtime could be the T Bones. Oh, like, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, not even affiliated. <laughs> how do you even judge that, Riley? How do you know what ranks where? Because I'm doing it by the seat of my pants, oh. and I'm just kind of guessing. Go. There we go. Oh. That's that's science. <laughs> Uh, we normally would insert a read from Commerce Bank right here. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted, but we can't find the reads, and Matt Walters isn't here. So we are sponsored by Commerce Bank. Matt works there. You should bank there and see Matt. <laughs> see, now I could have done that read. Matt <laughs> Walters accepted. It's, it's like our fridge reads usually. <laughs> yeah. You know, the fridge doesn't even get that good. <laughs> what you guys do with your off weekend? Right? Wouldn't you sit around and watch a lot of NASCAR? 
I mean, I, actually, you know, we still had a paper to put out, so I was at the office most of the day. And, yeah, but you didn't have a game to cover, so that's different. Well, I mean, I watched some of the other games. Like, I watched, obviously, like Michigan uh, get it handed to them by Wisconsin. And, oh, that was uh, Watched all that money that Texas A&M has invested into Jimbo Fisher paying off with a big loss at home. And uh, I didn't really get to watch much of the Georgia game because we were on deadline. I mean, I know they ended up winning, but I know that, that those are three of the biggest games because all of them involved ranked teams. Uh, so, and then yesterday, you know, I, I actually hung out with a couple of my coworkers. Uh, you know, of course, you guys know Greg Woods, and then my sports writer, uh, Sean Collins. We went and watched the the Chiefs game uh, at, a, at a local establishment. But I'm not oh, trying to fun. give away free advertising. But I'll just say it was a local establishment. Uh, if it wasn't Tanner's, uh, uh, we'll just say Tanner's. <laughs> <laughs> huh? So, uh, I thought you guys maybe got, got matching tattoos. That'd have been cool. Okay. Now I don't know how like much. Like a little mercury. See, I don't know thing? if. It, are you, are you bringing that up purposely? Or did, did Greg send you something? <laughs> what? You know, like I have, like what? I have an intense, just what well, hates not as too strong a word. I don't, I don't understand the concept of tattoos. I'm with you. I just like there's nothing on the face of the earth that I love enough that I would ever get it on my body. I like to congratulate us. I, I, I got yeah. so excited. First there. four minutes we're in the weeds, but uh, I don't have a tattoo. Kelsey, you have a tattoo? I'm with Ryan. There's nothing I've found that's I'm like a, a hundred years permanent. Yeah, I just that I'm for sure. Like we, I had a fraternity brother who loved Polo Ralph Lauren so much. Oh no, that he had it tattooed on his chest, Whoa. like right where the logo would be on yeah, the shirt. So it was always on him. And we nice. were like, dude, yeah. what if Fubu buys Polo tomorrow? <laughs> like you are <laughs> forever <laughs> stuck with that on your body. Uh, um, we I, had, we we made fun of him for that until the day he left school. Here's my theory on this is we're all writers. If we have something we want to say, we write it. Yeah. We don't need to put it on our body. That yeah. My Are pain tolerance saying? is also low yeah. enough. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Dude. I always joked my tattoo would say ouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I was thinking at the time. Well, the, like some, I'm saying literally the only reason I brought that up was because after we left said establishment, we were standing outside and literally probably talked for like 15 minutes about how they couldn't understand why I have such a problem with them. Uh, and I just said I just don't I don't I just cannot wrap my mind around wanting anything bad enough that I want it on my body like that. I'm with you. So I, I just, my, my thing I always say is like, I can just get a picture and I can look at it all the time. There it is. Pull it out of my wallet. Look at it. It's not on my body. If I get, I know what I would get if I got a tattoo, but I'm with Kellis. I'm not tough enough to get a tattoo. Yeah. Because they did ask me, what would it take for me to get a tattoo? And I said, well, I have to be blackout drunk and someone could do it while I was passed out. <laughs> that to me, I was being serious. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, the truth. Challenge accepted. <laughs> exactly. Challenge accepted. Commerce Bank. <laughs> Commerce Bank. It explains why Ryan's got a teardrop tattoo on his face. <laughs> off to a roaring start with today's podcast. Tell us what you do the off week there. I uh, drank some Oktoberfest beer. Nice. And yeah. then uh, last night I took the missus to the uh, Steve Martin. Martin. Oh, Church. man. Oh, wow. Was it good? It was. It was really funny. Awesome. If you, They have a show on Netflix. Uh, really, based, very similar to what they do. I was a little worried it would be the same jokes, but they mixed it up pretty good, so I was I was happy. Yeah, I couldn't go because I was with Scott Chasen, <laughs> taping the drive. What a great night! He's kind of like the Martin Short of covering KU sports. <laughs> 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 what, uh, Riley? What'd you do? I uh, I went to a football game. <laughs> oh yeah, you went to the KU game. I did. Yeah, I have a friend that goes to all the KU games, and I was like, well. Do that or sit here and watch it on my couch. Why not? So I went, 
It was fun. I won't lie. It was, it was a pretty entertaining game. Did you count 34,999 other people there? No, I thought it was funny how Jeff Long took a picture of the student section <laughs> and, and kind of zoomed in, and he was like, what a great crowd. <laughs> and then if you had zoomed out a little bit, it was like all the empties to the right. It was a good, it was a fine crowd, though. They were, it was an entertaining game. I figured if I was ever going to see a KU game or any, you know, any game, not K-State this season, that would probably be the one to go to because it's going to be the most entertaining mm-hmm. two bottom teams in the conference. Okay, so now we're talking about KU football on the K-State podcast. But I thought KU looked like the better team. Yeah, they found a way to lose, but I thought they looked like the better team in that game. I think West Virginia stinks. Yeah, that there's Neil Brown's got a. Did, did you say hi to Blake Siler? Did you wave to him? I did as the buses drove by oh. where we were tailgating. The buses actually drove right by, and I waved and said, "Hey, Blake." That's very nice of you. Very nice of you. Now that was a great day of watching wall to wall football. Mm. Uh, I watched the Oklahoma State Texas game. Research. Convinced my wife. No, that's not right. I told my wife it was work. She did not believe that. Um, But in ways it was because Mm -hmm. I can't get a grasp on Oklahoma State. I don't know if Oklahoma State's pretty darn good and Texas had problems putting them away. Or, you know, Texas wasn't very good and Oklahoma State wasn't very good and they just played a competitive game. I left. I spent three and a half hours of my life watching that game, and I don't know anything more about next week's matchup between the Wildcats and and Cowboys than I would have if I just watched the highlights. See, I think it's probably more the former. I, I think I think Texas is a pretty good team, just because I think LSU is a very good team, and LSU beat them in Austin. But like I said, I guess we won't really know until kind of the Big Twelve schedule plays out. But I, again, I still I still think Texas is solidly the number two team in the league right now. Yeah, I I. Would guess that, but I'll be darned. Kelsey, is, is this game uh, Saturday in Stillwater kind of decide the third team in the conference as as of now? Hmm. Well, that's throwing some disrespect at Iowa State and Baylor. Well, I think that game will decide. Well, I think Iowa State turned it, although poor Baylor, Louisiana Monroe. I think Baylor's a sham. That barely beat Rice. They haven't played anybody. Baylor's schedule's pretty simple all year, though. Like, all their tough games are at home, really. So they benefit from that all season. Um, I think this game could be, you know, battle for number three. Sure. I think it could go – I mean, we're not going to watch this game on Saturday and go like, yep, that's the third best team in the conference. But I think as time moves on, as we kind of get later down the line, we could look back at it and say, wow, it's a really good thing K-State won that game at Oklahoma State because that put them – in third or fourth instead of fifth or sixth. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, it could play that way down the line. It could could come in handy. But, I mean, I think we've said this before. We said it on the podcast last week. Um, it, it We didn't realize how massive this game is for K-State until we sat there and broke down the schedule. And it's arguably their toughest game outside of Oklahoma and Texas. If you're ranking them in terms of confidence of winning the yeah, game. Because they have Iowa State, Baylor, and, yeah. and TCU all in Manhattan. So that's what we came to. And, and I think that says a lot about what this game means this weekend is is that you you really don't ever peg that first conference game to mean so much. But I really think it does for this team. Next topic, is the Big 12 soft in the middle or tough in the middle? <laughs> soft. <laughs> tough uh. on each other, but they're all soft yeah. teams. Yeah. Yeah. It's so just such soft, a weird soft ish. Soft ish. I mean So we're not fully committed all, to soft. They're all in like that, you know, twenty to fifty range. Yeah. It's you know, and then I saw even KU's up to seventy seven in the Bill Connolly index. That's uh That's gotta be a record. I for mean, wow, yeah, I haven't seen them since in Mangina double digits left. forever. 
I hate to keep bringing KU into the podcast, but right. on a K State podcast, but but that's what you saw. Well, I look at KU and I look at KU and I'm thinking they gave West Virginia a run. I could see them fighting hard with a team like Texas Tech. Maybe I don't know where the I don't know. In fairness, I don't know where the games are in KU's schedule, but. I'm, the, I'm happy you don't know. There are more games on K like that you can look at and say KU might compete in that one than I've ever been able to say in the last few years, and I think that says a lot about that bottom tier of the conference, kind of those lesser teams, is the fact that the definite bottom KU West Virginia are probably going to give them a run for their money. So you've got heavy hitters in Oklahoma and Texas. You've got some teams like K State, Oklahoma State, maybe Baylor and Iowa State that we could see. Winning eight nine games, and then they could also go six and six or seven and five. And I just don't think that there's, like I said, those heavy hitters all the way down through like there is sometimes. You know, I think I want to change my answer. I said soft, not softish. All those teams beat somebody else decent outside of the conference. That is true. TC beat Purdue, KU beat uh, Boston DC. College, West Virginia beat NC State, Iowa State didn't beat Iowa, but it was close. It was they, close. Yeah, beat Northern Iowa. Yeah, beat. Uh, who did they beat this week? Was it Elon? No, no. It was UL Monroe. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who's in Monroe? That and they looked thing. awful, <laughs> and they kept scoring. Iowa State kept scoring. Yeah, it was the most points on Iowa State football team scored since 1910 or something like that. And then K State obviously beat Mississippi State. So it is an interesting point. I I think this conference though is going to pose a problem if if Texas go, turns around and loses some games in the conference. It's going to pose a problem for Oklahoma. If Oklahoma legitimately is trying to make a run for the playoff, will they have wins to value in this conference? And I guess maybe the same can be said for Clemson and the ACC. Are they going to have wins of value? But they're sitting at number one, and nobody's going to move them out if they keep winning. Yeah, and I think at this point, Clemson, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not trying to sound like a Southern homer here, but Clemson no. more than er, has earned the benefit of the doubt because I mean they've they've beaten Alabama twice in in the playoffs now, uh, and Oklahoma has yet to win a playoff game. True. That starts an interesting argument. Would a one loss because I think a one loss Texas would get in if they won the Big Twelve championship. Would a one loss OU? I. I would like to think they would. I guess it depends on yeah. what else is going on out there. I'm, I'm one. I think the SEC is down a little bit, and you know, from the middle down. Um, the fact that K State went into Mississippi State and won, and then Mississippi State trounced Kentucky. Yeah, that that was telling. Uh, but I do think the SEC's top layer is brutal. I mean, Alabama, Georgia. LSU and maybe Auburn, still not sold on them, are all really good. I mean, that's the first time I've got to, to watch Auburn uh, for a full game in, in quite a while. And man, their their defensive line is just ferocious. Oh my gosh! Like they, they bite people? Well, I mean, I guess they technically could if they didn't have helmets on. <laughs> well, just ferocious. You know, I can do anything really. Uh, and so mean. I mean, their, their defensive line's for real, at least. Uh, again, I know they're they're true freshmen. Nick's a starting quarterback, me still undefeated, but he's still, to me, he, he's just doing enough not to lose games. It's not like he's going out there and passing for 350 a game with no interceptions. I mean, they're kind of getting by more on the sum of their parts right now than any kind of dominating, you know, one aspect. But I do, I do agree that I, I think the three above them in the SEC have kind of separated themselves. Florida's the only one now I'm not sure about because if Franks hadn't get hurt, I'd feel a little bit better about them. But now I don't really know. I mean, that was Trask's first start since high school. Um, and, and obviously Tennessee. I mean, ugh. Arkansas. 
Oh, well. Ooh, that was a bad loss. Oh. Yeah. San Jose State? Yeah. Yeesh. Yikes. Those, you can't explain that. I mean, that's just... That shouldn't be a, be possible. You should just have so much more talent. Yeah. They could go out there and screw around and still win by two touchdowns. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and it strikes me as you were talking, uh, even one year ago, not that K-State's in the conversation for the playoffs and nowhere near it this year, the momentum of the program makes that conversation feel a little more tangible, more mm-hmm. a little more relatable to where K-State was in the past. And, um, you know, I'm a fan of getting it to eight teams so we can make sure all the conference champions are in and then one good non-R5 mm-hmm. teams in for sure if, if they reach certain standards. Yeah. So that's not for sure, by the way. That's I do think eight is the perfect number. Like I said, it's the five power conference teams, the best at-large from a group of five, and then two at-large from – the yeah. SEC. Well, just from whatever other two. The SEC West third place. Ne- ne- need to be in. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the top three of the SEC West will be in, <laughs> and then Georgia will be the non-power five team if we need the spot. <laughs> we'll just work it out that way. But no, I I do think the SEC is loaded at the top, and it comes back to this: in the past, they've had a lot of challengers in the middle that could knock them off. Yep. Mississippi State. Yep. I don't see that this no. year. So I think we're going to have a lot of really nice records. And again, like Kentucky isn't as good as they were last no, year. No. And so there's just a lot of teams that uh, won't challenge the upper nope. echelon like nope. they have. So, but back to K-State. Yeah, K-State. If, were we ever on K-State? Well, I was thinking for a second Ryan maybe accepted a job as an SEC beat reporter with how in-depth he was going with Florida there for a minute. Yeah, but. he brought up Florida, and I'm like, <laughs> who's the coach? Oh, Dan Mullen. Yeah. That's right. Um, I think this game for Kansas State is, like Mississippi State, kill us everything to gain. Everything. I mean, it, most of us, if we sat around the start of the season, maybe this wasn't one game we would pick them to lose, but we wouldn't be surprised if they lost it. So now if they win it, it's like, okay, well, now they're even farther ahead of the the game because I, I had them losing this game. I had them at 2-2 two and two at this point after this weekend, not this point, but after the weekend. Yeah, you could say they're playing with house money. They just won a nice, uh, you know, blackjack in the last hand, let it ride. If you get it again, bam, you're 4-0, and really there's nothing stopping you from going 6-0 and at that point. The, I mean, if you can go on the road and beat Mississippi State and then on the road and beat Oklahoma State, I'm probably going to go ahead and pick, and pick them against TCU and Baylor. So, uh, And that would be quite epic if they started 6-0 and and then had Oklahoma. That would be very 2011-ish. <laughs> um, Oklahoma obviously won big in that game. Yeah, that was a bit deflating. That was a bit deflating. Seven and zero. Yeah. If history holds up, K State will be at a disadvantage against Oklahoma because it'll be at a, in Manhattan. Yes. <laughs> the game gets flipped. That game's always so weird. They should go back to selling that game. Yeah. It works out best for us. We're just going to sell the Norman. game. You can have the home games because we beat you in Norman, not in Manhattan. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, hey, it, the old younger fans don't have any clue what we're talking about. The program was so bad when Bill Snyder arrived. They were literally selling the Oklahoma home game because they'd make more money by going to Norman like it was a non-conference game. It's how bad the program was. It's just interesting going into this Crazy. week because the even if you had them winning at Oklahoma State, you probably didn't have them win Mississippi State. I know I sure didn't. Well, an optimist probably had them at 3-1. and one. Right. A fool had them at 4-0. Right, yeah, and so I, and even if you lose this game, it's good to be a fool. Now you're three and zero. Fair enough, and you know it's all on the table. If even if you lose it, I don't even think it's it's cause for panic or oh man, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. Well, you know, as long as you lose close, yeah, you go down there and get blown out by a team that has zero defense. Really, it's not a good defensive team, but 
I, I would be shocked to see that happen. So th- it it does resemble Mississippi State a lot. It's kind of funny that you say that because as we sit here and talk about it, yeah, don't get blown out. And if you win, it's it's kind of one that you stole again. Um, and like Kel said, that momentum is going to be a lot. I, I don't see them not starting 6-0 and if they win this game. Wow, that's a sentence I never thought I'd say. <laughs> when, it's, when you say it, it feels different when you rather than just thinking it. Then Baylor <laughs> knocks off Iowa State, rolls into Manhattan. Baylor's not going to beat Iowa State. Sorry. So does that mean Iowa State's better or Baylor's is I, bad? I told you, I don't think Baylor's that good. I mean, I think they're fine. I don't think that they're And yet special. you're wearing a green shirt. You Come did on. get me there. Not the same me. color green, though. I mean, that's more like... Yeah, we don't know. Baylor changes their greens all the time. Well, I'd say that's more of like an Augusta National green. Baylor's, you know, Baylor's more like the, uh, you know, almost more like the Michigan State kind yeah, of... Yeah, the forest green. Yeah, forest green. Uh, one of Oregon's 100,000 million <laughs> colors. That's part of that color scheme, too. I, I, I'm going to disagree with Riley on this. I don't... I think even if K-State were to get blown out this weekend, I don't think it's cause for alarm. Cause, I mean, I just feel like... I mean, man, as perfect as the 3-0 start has been, I mean, it, I mean, it would be disappointing from the aspect of it's the very first conference game they ever play under Chris Kleiman, but I still don't think any real rational person would be like, hey, what's going on here? What, 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 what happened? Could the wheels really have fallen off, fallen off during the bye week? I just, I, 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 I just I think a blowout would be very bad because this is their first game against a Big 12 offense, right. and if they just well, get lit up, then that's not a good sign going They don't want to break their confidence. And then you start screaming, oh, was, was Mississippi State a fluke? Did they just kind of – Well, Mississippi State's offense was just so one-dimensional. Because yeah, they went in there just... and stopped Kylan Hill – and they couldn't do anything else. You got to have something to build off on this week. Whether it's man, we lost, but we gave it a heck of a run. It was just they just had too many offensive weapons, or you know, we, we got a big win. You got you got to feel good going into Baylor because then you have the potential to fall to zero and two to start the conference, and then. But you said Baylor's not any good. That's not going to happen. I don't know. I take. Hey, I don't think they're going to lose at Oklahoma State, but I'm not always right. Yeah, uh, that green's starting to look a different shade. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was the bare hand signal. It was, yeah. It doesn't, so doesn't play well on a podcast. It doesn't, no. Without well, this, cameras. This is the Powercat Insiders podcast sponsored by Commerce Bank. We're here without Matt Walters. We're damn happy about it, and we'll be right back after this break. Stay locked in. The Powercat podcast will be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. 
Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. We can't pass around the reads and have someone read them without Matt Walters because I've lost them. I have I no sense of responsibility. I think someone else lost them. I do too. They were in here, and then uh, our overtime questions from Friday were in here. I, the reads were here. Yes, that's a good point. I don't know what's happened to him. But Commerce is the sponsor. They let us have Matt, although Matt doesn't let us have him. It's out of dirty. Uh, yeah, yeah we, try that one again. Well, it's, just, well, it's just Matt isn't with us. Commerce Bank, Matt Walters works there. They lock him in a vault. Go look at him. I, I want to say this. I want to talk about this. Gazoo. I, I, I want to no, talk that about was this. A read. Yeah. Can, can we loop that back and just play that every week? Accepted. I was like, I want to bring up this headline that the Tampa Bay, uh, you know, Tampa Bay Times had to change at, about Bruce Arians, but I don't know if it's go ahead. If it's a pro- so. I don't know podcast. if you guys. We can say well, I don't know if you want. guys saw this, but so it was like their season preview story on Bruce Arians, right, being there. And I'm not lying with who this was the headline. It was Bruce Arians has uh, spent his life trying to please two men. Oh, wow. And then then obviously all of the replies of the tweet were golden, and then they changed it. But no. So it was the actual headline? That was the actual headline. Bruce Arians has has spent his lifetime trying to please two men. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. But, I mean, it's just like I couldn't believe that. I mean, that's a big paper. I couldn't believe that that made it through multiple layers of editing before they're like, yeah, throw that online. That, that will not, you know. Because I mean, those are professionals. Yes. As, as opposed to the this Daily was college Kansan paper. when Mangino yeah. was hired and had the headline because his daughter was at school there. KU student happy about dad getting head job. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Gee. I've never heard that yeah. one before. Ooh. Well, that one went straight into print, so there was no change in that. Yeah. Oh, no. That was in the olden days. Yeah. So they changed it uh, to, and, and some people even joked it wasn't even as good of a change. But like the seminal moments that have changed <laughs> Bruce Arians' life. Man. I'm serious, guys. Look it up. Look it up. You can Google it on your phones and your other cellular wow, devices. Sir. See, at uh, this Makes me think of another conversation. I bought a new selfie stick last week. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I used the press conference. Yeah. And I was going to try to brag about it, but I couldn't think of a way to make it sound nonsensical. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's, so that's I said, not I'm just really going to have to keep this one to myself. So it's a selfie stick, but are you using it for interviews? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, so it's really I, not I, a I selfie put, stick uh, anymore. It's, a, it's an interview stick, yeah. Put my phone in there, hold it up. It, it works great on, like, Nick Kaltmeyer, who's 6'7". Oh, yeah. Extend sure. that up, and you get right in He doesn't face. have hand cramps like Zach has, so I'd argue that Kellis is... Are we still talking about filming stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Man, this isn't even the overtime podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy you got an extension stick. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's doing a lot for you. We're moving on now to talk about a little K-State football on the Insiders <laughs> Out of Bounds podcast. Um, Insiders Out of Bounds. I like yeah. how you shifted yeah. inside out. Riley Gates, what do the Kansas State Wildcats have to do best to win in Stillwater Saturday night on the channel nobody can find? <laughs> well, that is not the secret. You know, if, hey, maybe if K-State loses and nobody watched it on TV, did, did it, it really happen? happen? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, the, you're not going to shut down Oklahoma State's offense. Like, that's just not going to happen. They've got too many weapons, whether they're running the ball with Chuba or they're going to throw it to Tylen Wallace all game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you're going to have to give something, I guess what I'm trying to say. The the key is you can't give both there. And, and almost it, 
it's starting to feel a lot like the Mississippi State game plan in terms of, hey, just keep Kylan Hill limited. You're not going to shut him down, but keep him limited from blowing up. And that's exactly what they did, obviously. You know, he had 100 and whatever yard, 21 or something like that. I forgot what the number was, but he didn't score any touchdowns. So can you do that to to the nation's best running back in Chuba Hubbard right now? Um, I, Is he still alive after Saturday night? Because they ran him like 40 times. Well, that's – yeah, that was uh, – that's an interesting – uh, topic that Mike Gundy addressed a few times on Monday, but that that that's in, that's an interesting way to look at it. The K State defensive line could try to wear him down a little bit, but I'd probably just be more worried about the the passing attack than the rushing game. I, I feel really good about that defensive line and what they were able to do against Kylan Hill. I'm a little bit concerned what might happen when they face a real court. You know, Mississippi State couldn't throw the ball at all. I mean, they were under throwing. But Throwing behind receivers, overthrowing them. I mean, any, anything they could do to miss receivers. Isaiah Zuber, Isaiah Zuber blatantly dropping a pass. Yeah, everything they could do. <laughs> now you've got a really good quarterback in Spencer Sanders and one of the nation's best, if not the best, receiver in Tylen Wallace. So uh, you got to find that that middle of the road game plan, I guess, on the defensive side of the ball that can just kind of keep them contained because you're not going to shut them down. You're not. You get. I hate to say it, but you want to bend but don't break. Yeah. K-Staters just went into convulsions. No, and I think, Riley, you you probably perfect point is that, you know, in each of those first two games K-State played this year, you know, they played, you know, high-level quarterbacks and passing games for their level. But in terms of, you know, FCS, you remember uh, Scotty Hayes wasn't talking so much about how good Chase Forcade was being a senior guy, but they just didn't have the weapons that could actually hurt mm-hmm. K-State. The same the following week as Bowling Green, you know, that quarterback was coming off being the Mac East Offensive Player of the Week. Well, uh, they in his have first. separate Players of the Week for their two divisions because right, they're that's so crazy. They're such a dominating conference. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just saying that, that, that K-State has at least – you know they they faced quality, but this this is going to be a totally just different stratosphere than what they've seen at any point this year in terms of the passing game they're going to see Saturday. It's interesting. Tell us what does K State have to do to get out of there with a win? Uh, well, I mean, I was going to say pretty much the same thing. As you guys. <laughs> I covered you everything. Want to, uh, it, they're going to score. They're going to get yards. I would just say keep them on the field. Don't let them do it quick. I mean, that's what they want to yeah. do. Just score a touchdown, get on defense and take some chances and try to get the ball back and score again. Um, if they can do the opposite of that and build a lead like they did a couple of years ago, uh, I think they'll probably win. And then, you know, same thing. Uh, on the when, Well, not same thing, but when you go to offense, they didn't really have the best conversion rate. At Mississippi State, it almost seemed like a lot of times on second down, they were just kind of running just to gain a yard and mm-hmm. keep possession and keep the defense off the field. I think they got to do just a little bit better job of moving the chains probably. Skyler's not going to have a game like he had in 2017 in terms of like hitting receivers for explosive plays just because Byron Pringle's not here anymore. Yep. He's not going to do that again. They don't have, at least not yet, they haven't shown that they have the offensive weapons in the passing game to have an explosive play like that. But I feel like this is a game where he's got he's to step up. Oklahoma State giving up well over 200 yards a game in the air. Only only the uh, McNeese game did the did they not give up over 200. So I feel like this defense has the ability to give Skylar a lot of chances to have big plays, but he's got to go out and make them. You know, I kind of put it out there last week, two weeks ago, whatever, for Mississippi State that, like, it felt like this was the game that Skylar was going to have to start making some plays because he didn't have to do it in those first two. And I thought Skyler managed it well again, but obviously the passing game wasn't a huge part of it. I feel like this one they might need to be 
throwing the ball, trying to find success throwing the ball a little bit because I think they're going to have the opportunity to do that. Um, and I don't know who that goes more on. I don't know if that goes more on Skyler needs to start making those plays or if the receivers need to do a little bit better job of giving him the opportunity to maybe have an explosive play or two. I don't know where that's fallen right now, but I think I'd like to start seeing some more out of the passing game because it's been it's just been whatever at this point. Those first two games, meh. Yeah, for me, it's an interesting balance. They're going to have to run the ball and be, you know, dedicated to it. But they're going to have to try to dictate the tempo through their running game, yada, yada, yada. But Oklahoma State's going to want to suck them into that shootout, you know, kind of get the tempo back in their favor. So it's this balance of trying to resist that urge to get into the shootout because they'll almost invite you into that because it's their game uh, while still trying to run the ball and, you know, have possession and play almost a slowdown type of ball that – Kleiman and Snyder both have wanted to accomplish against these offenses. This will be really the first time we've seen how Kleiman does manage one of these Big 12 offenses, because Mississippi State certainly wasn't that, and neither were the the first two non-conference games. You know, will they really be passive on defense and try to prevent the big plays like Tom Hayes and company did, Um, which, as painful to watch as it was, it worked quite often, kept you mathematically in games. <laughs> you didn't always have the the math to overcome 29 points, but it, it in theory, worked and it'd keep them around a lot of games. Or will they, uh, you know, just find themselves and say, heck with it. They're scoring on every time they touch it. We can do the same. Let's go. I'm going to be very intrigued to see how Kleiman gets into it. I suspect he's going to run the ball with greater conviction than he has at any time this season. They will just hammer with the running game, unless it's absolutely not successful. If they put 10 guys on the box and leave a free safety to cover three receivers, they might want to throw it. Big, if true. Yeah. I, I think first drive especially, they're going to come out and try to have a 20-play, 15-minute drive if possible. <laughs> that would be great. And we all get to go home. Yeah, I think like this is a game four. where if, if they won the toss, they might say, we want it. We want the ball just because they want to get a lead and be able to dictate things from then, then on. I was shocked that they did not do that at Mississippi State. Are they deferred? Yeah. Hmm. I was blown away by that. I really thought that they would try to go take it and deliver that first punch. Now, I know they ended up delivering the first punch eventually, but I thought they would try to do it right out of the gates rather than wait, wait, wait. But I guess it worked out at the end because they got the ball back to start the second half and kind of balanced out that momentum again. Ryan, one of the interesting things about winning at Mississippi State is they did it without two starters on the defensive side of the ball. And it looks like Wyatt mm-hmm. Hubert will be back at the end and Walter Neal Jr. will be back at corner. How surprised were you that K-State's defense was so efficient without two guys when we've been talking about a lack of depth? <laughs> I was really surprised. Yeah, Because, yeah, I, I mean, just... I know we brought up, I think maybe the very first podcast that we did here was that I, I don't think but from the end of last season until the first game this year, we heard more about any defensive guy than Wyatt Hubert and how much he'd grown, how he'd earned the respect of the team, getting that team captaincy honor. He's got pretty uh, hair. <laughs> yes, and that was something that Kellis mentioned about his hair. Uh, so, and then you talk about the leader in the secondary is, is, is Walt, basically, at least the, the vocally, because A.J. Parker is not that guy. So to see that both of them were not available uh, and that K-State, K-State's defense still played – you know, fairly well, I thought, in that game. And, and, you know, something I want to bring up about this too, guys, is, you know, I was talking about it with 
with Sean uh, the other day, my, my writer, is I don't know if a stat that was played up enough from the win over Mississippi State was, you know, Mississippi State scores uh, 24 points overall, but 17 of those came off K-State turnovers. The three turnovers K-State had, they scored mm-hmm. every time. So it's like you take away even one of those turnovers, K-State wins by double digits. And, and the other points were off the late hit that – Yes. That – Really let Mississippi State yeah. go ahead and go for the end zone. So I'm, I'm just saying that, that I just don't think the final score of, of, of that game is maybe indicative of how 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 much more easily K-State could have won in terms of just the margin of victory. That's what I took away, Kellis, is that even though they did win on the road, even though that was a surprise, they did not play well and still accomplished nope. it. Yep. They still had some real flaws mm-hmm. in their game. Uh, but I'd like to congratulate Texas on taking over the – punt muffing duties in K-State's <laughs> off week as they let Oklahoma State hang around with two of them. But, uh, yeah, I feel like this K-State team's got a whole nother gear. Now, can they do it at Oklahoma State? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, everything changes in Big 12. And it's like you said, we've just never never seen it. We haven't seen them go against a spread. Um, I don't think uh, Kleiman probably saw much of that in the FCS level. I mean, Eastern Washington, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, has some firepower, but still not like Oklahoma State. The, uh, the, for me, this is the biggest difference he's going to face. Eastern Washington did it. South Dakota State, to a degree, did it. But I watched those teams play, and ain't nothing like a Big 12 spread. I mean, you just don't have those NFL bodies running around. Because you got NFL caliber players at Oklahoma State that are just hard to match up with. Yeah. The, the other thing they need to try to do is uh, – back Mike Gundy into a corner where he'll do something stupid, apparently. You like see that? fake a field goal? Uh, yeah, well, the, yeah, fake the field goal. Not only did they – okay, so faking the field goal was bad, but to accept the penalty right before that, like why, if you know you're going to fake it, why do you take the penalty, go back to fourth and eight, and then fake it? I just didn't understand that, that at all. That really seemed bizarre to me. One of the biggest – Is it possible his hair got in his eyes? <laughs> Well, no, he's got the – he should be getting a haircut soon, right? Yeah, so he's got good. that extra money. I, I mean, and no one fell for that fake either. I know. That up. You could see it coming from, like, it was just not sold well at all. Well, Texas dominated the line of scrimmage throughout that game. So it wasn't like the fake – they were going to be able to block it. I mean, mm-hmm. they were just in the backfield. Yeah, they strange. almost intercepted it. I know. <laughs> one of the biggest things we've talked about for the last few weeks – and we've kind of made it a story is how Casey had been getting sacks. You know, obviously that was a concern through those first two games. They got a little bit more quarterback mm-hmm. pressure against Mississippi State, but I think it's probably as crucial this week as it has been any of the last three weeks for K State to get back there because mm-hmm. Spencer Sanders has shown a lot of a lot of poise and he definitely looks more mature than a redshirt freshman should look out there. But at the end of the day, he's still a redshirt freshman. This is still his, you know, fifth game. You got to get back there and rattle them. You know, you've got a senior defensive line, um, really a senior t- defense all around, and and you got to force him into some mistakes. You know, he's he threw two picks in that game against Texas, and he wanted to take all the blame for it. So I think you have the ability to get him a little bit rattled if he's you know maybe trying to make up for that Texas game a little bit. You know, hey, I didn't throw any touchdown passes. Now let me go out and try to throw nine of them against K State, but. Getting that pressure, getting back there, this would be a great game for Wyatt Hebert to finally emerge. You know, only has four tackles through those first two games. Missed Mississippi State. I think it'd be huge for him to get back there, maybe get his first sack or two of the season and and really just kind of disrupt that offense. Sanders kind of reminds me of uh, Lamar Jackson. 
He, just, he can run. He can make things happen. It's a little razzle-dazzle. But now I'm just going to throw the ball up into the air and see who catches it. Oh, my team caught it. Good play. You know, he kind of just I'm going to just throw it into triple coverage because I'm a freshman and I'm good enough to do this. Uh, but if you let him break containment, he's a lot of problems for you. It's it's going to be intriguing to me to watch how they defend him. I'm more interested in that, honestly, than, than uh, K-State's offense matching up with Oklahoma State's defense. I think K-State's going to move the ball on the ground. I just do. It's really not about how dominant the offensive line is for me. It's about schematically they're just hard to plan for. And if Mike Gundy truly believes this is the same old K-State running game, um, then they're going to have real issues. But I'm confident that Joe Bob Clements knows it's not the same offense that K-State's been running. I think Gundy just hasn't watched any film yet, and he didn't want to admit it. Or yeah. it's just coach speak. I mean, well, he's like, it's the same. O- he's like, I was pretty much the same offense. You know, they got a quarterback that likes to run it. And I'm like, Skylar Thompson hasn't run the ball this year. What are you talking about? Yeah. He's only run it a few times. Like, pretty lazy. Just saying. Yeah, maybe he just literally meant in a way there's still 11 guys on the field <laughs> on, in an offense. Yeah, like how you play they have a quarterback. They have sometimes a quarterback. they run it, sometimes they, they throw, throw it. it. Mm, there are two know. things right there that they could do. My goodness. Yeah, it's it's going to be an intriguing game. It is on ESPN+. Plus. Nobody knows how to get that channel. <laughs> I wonder if that's why you went to the KU game, Riley, was because you just wanted to avoid using ESPN+. Plus. I was one of the first people to have ESPN+. Plus. That's why I got so mad when everybody else was freaking out about it. I want everyone to know my 84-year-old mother has ESPN Plus now. How about that? It is possible. It can be done. Not hard to set up. <laughs> My nephew had to help her, but it got done. It got done. And uh, I watched that game, the KU game, on the stream, so to speak. And, you know, it's kind of funny. When you first change your over to it, I, I don't know what what it's at, but it's at a low grade. And then it's like, oh. I, we can do better than that. Here's a better grade. And, and I watched most of the game in 1080, and I, I point that out because my connection isn't good. I do not have high-speed Internet in my neighborhood compared to what other people have, and it still came in once it locked in. was really good. I think people are – once yeah, they figure out how to do it, it's going to be fine. Don't, don't, don't fall for the trap. As long as you got better than dial-up, modem, speed, you can do I've, I've got it on 3G on my phone before. Yeah. You can make it work. Do it's, not upgrade your internet. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think a lot of people are scared of what's happened with ESPN3 in the past. Well, this is a different thing. This isn't a rebranded thing. This is different technology. Or they plugged in something differently. Maybe they turned it off and on and it works better now. I don't know. But this works really well. It's slick. Yeah, I, I like it. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm a trendsetter. Sure, something like that. We all know that. I'm ahead of the times. <laughs> we'll go with that. I also have a flying car. Oh, I'm going to just stop now. We're sponsored by Commerce. Matt Walters wasn't here. We apologize to Matt's bosses for the losing the reads. We don't know what happened. I'm irresponsible, and I can't be trusted. This has been the Powercat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Commerce. Thanks to Ryan Kellis and uh, this guy for sitting in for Matt. Thanks. His name's Riley. <laughs> Go Bears. You've been listening to the Powercat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.